Listen, I never hitchhiked before. Are you weird? Yes, I am. Yes, I am weird. You are weird. Yes. You're weird, thank God. <laughs> the last one I had was so normal, it was disgusting. Psycho killer? Can I be the helpless victim? Okay, let's see. No, please don't kill me, Mr. Ghostface. I want to be in the sequel. I like to dissect girls. Did you know I'm utterly insane? Look at me, Damien! It's all for you! I am the eater of wood. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another horrific installment of the greatest moments in the history of forever. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. And this is episode number 74, The Fog and Psycho 2. Yes, that's right. Two movies. Our first ever official double feature as far as two movies at least that are completely unrelated unrelated well it's an interesting story <laughs> i i was saying to um doesn't really have a great conclusion well i was telling a long time ass clown about the situation and i said well we had our first real uh disaster Just- for the podcast and <laughs> he was shocked to to find out that this was considered the first real disaster. Yeah, well, but I've, a lot you know, of bummers along the way. <laughs> but none truly is horrifying as this. Yeah. Um, obviously, for longtime fans of the show, you know that last October, um, granted, there were some large gaps and the episodes weren't like regular, but we did cram a lot into the October oh, yeah. celebration. We had a lot of high hopes. We had a lot of high hopes for this, and truthfully, you know, you should have got one more episode because we did record an episode already, and I was excited about that one for the fog, and I thought it went well. We had our first ever corrupted file situation, and the entire thing was unusable. Right, and not not shockingly. No, it wasn't even unusable. I mean, we couldn't even. Unusable makes it sound like it was the old audio oh, problem. Yeah, no, like I mean, it wasn't even... We couldn't even I, yeah, do anything. I it didn't exist. I couldn't even reload the file, yeah. <laughs> so we recorded about an hour and 15 minutes worth on the fog that is Gold. now lost forever. <laughs> yeah. And so... Um, shockingly, not the end of the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Contrary to uh, what most people would think, including ourselves. Well, you see, that's the secret behind... The listener requests. I feel like now we have to f- keep doing this show until we finish these listener requests. I guess I should say too. Speaking of the listeners, a uh, lot of ass clowns in town recently. We kind of <laughs> had a nice little ass clown meetup. A lot of talk about the pod. People are really. I don't remember anybody coming to kiss the ring where the talent is concerned. Well, you know, <laughs> people certainly wanted to. They were lining up. <laughs> yeah. Well. Okay, so but good to see you. Let's let's reorganize here. We had 
a an episode recorded for the fog and before we realized that we could that the file was corrupted we had already started planning for our last episode for the greatest october which we wanted to release on halloween and originally it was going to be something else and then you know circumstances <laughs> arose and we decided to go a different direction with it it kept changing really there were a lot of options so then for some reason we landed on psycho 2 um because that just seemed right up our alley yeah. as far as ridiculous it's a choice fun time <laughs> so then we watched that and we're preparing to record that and that's when we find out that the fog isn't usable and now right we're, we're doubling it up because the yep. fog is an important film for us because it's in our wheelhouse we too. consider it like a prequel <laughs> to halloween 3 which is no our one else does her favorite episode yeah. of our own podcast right so, you know tom adkins appearing in the film whatnot and so here we are giving you a double episode for halloween to kind of wrap up the greatest october um and you know then just you know so everyone's on the same page we're gonna take a little bit of a break just you know an extra week or so and then yeah. we're gonna come Get back, back to neutral and we're gonna hit you with, with a couple of listener requests you know maybe two episodes in one week something like that so the listener requests are coming yeah we, we haven't it, forgot for some reason we timed our our call for listener requests right before our greatest october which we weren't gonna fuck with so right <laughs> whatever so there's been a delay but the rest of them we're, we're gonna start working on soon and uh that pretty much you know wraps it up for show news i guess yeah do we feel like maybe we could give them like a bonus greatest october episode with the special greatest october theme music in like december i'm not gonna rule it out we can I, do whatever we want because i have uh a specific movie we could maybe throw it as like a special bonus episode oh like a black christmas or something like that okay but all right even shittier oh very exciting <laughs> for it, everyone you've seen this movie before okay go yeah <laughs> you enjoyed right. it okay yeah i will withhold but yeah that's a great one um yeah so maybe we could bring back the the theme that's, for one i like extra that episode. idea yeah because i feel like we have kind of you know we've kind of shortchanged our our listeners a little bit with this oh, greatest I would agree. October. But yeah. um all right, so we got certainly a, from a quality standpoint. Well, <laughs> that goes without saying. Yeah. I think people were just a little shook from reading the passages from the novel it <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. nobody's really recovered. Where did this come from? People saying. <laughs> all right, so we got a lot to get to um as always follow the show on Twitter at greatest pod really enjoying the interactions there yeah it's picking up <laughs> and um you know just continue to enjoy the show tell your friends and spread the word because yeah anytime we get a new listener we notice <laughs> 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 all right so <clears throat> let's start with the fog uh it's gonna be tough to recapture the magic <laughs> that we yeah. had already um, just uh reuniting some of our old favorites Tommy Lee Wallace, John Carpenter, uh, Tom Atkins, Nancy Loomis, <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis. Yep. Uh, who else? <laughs> it's just okay. We should. I mean, let's just be honest. The fog sucks. It's yeah. like a terrible movie. I'll say this: I like a lot of things about it. 
outside of you know the plot attempts to be scary the villains it's possibly i think we had this discussion the first time we recorded this but i think it's worth revisiting i mean it's possibly worse than halloween 3 as far as being scary uh yeah or at least the same level yeah they're on equal level probably yeah I mean, I guess it's hard to... I mean, maybe a couple of the scenes in the fog are a little... There's, there's at least like a creepy aura at parts. Maybe well, this to the is, setting. I think this is what Carpenter, as far as you know, his horror entries at least, is probably best at, which is just creating like an atmosphere. Oh, yeah. Kind of like a cool soundtrack, you know, that really kind of makes the film more than it is. I mean... You know, you don't have to really do a ton of research into the original Halloween movie to know that, like, the, you know, some of the producers and studio people saw a screening of the film without the music and were like, this sucks. Oh, yeah. And then he's like, all right, hold on, let me put the music in. And then they're like, oh, yeah, this is great. This right. is an instant classic. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, that's kind of Carpenter's whole deal. And the fog really kind of fits. I mean, this movie, I don't know, even though. It's like a real half-ass attempt at some sort of like pirate ghost story, and it's just like, what is this story? This backstory? It's just like, oh, I know. It's a like priest a sci-fi, finds like a diary. Uh, and <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean, basically. Yeah, you know what? I think uh, Pirates of the Caribbean owe a lot to old John Carpenter and oh, the Fog. <laughs> I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of. I definitely think it's like filmed in many of the same locations as halloween oh, 3 kind not of like a similar to halloween 3 the uh setting even kind of the small what seems to be maybe northern california yeah town the sleepy what is it what's the name of the town in this one i can't remember <laughs> <laughs> something uh, bay i keep wanting to say like alexandria bay but obviously that is incorrect um yeah i mean as we were saying off mic i mean now that a little bit of, of time has gone by it's uh, like a fog has descended upon us <laughs> in our recollections well, I mean, of I've the seen fog this movie antonio bay antonio bay yeah legend so, says that antonio bay was built in 1880 with blood money obtained from shipwrecked lepers which no one believes on the eve of the town's centennial many a plan to attend the celebrations including the murdered lepers. That's your little plot synopsis for my So this town IMDb. has been established for a hundred years? That's It's existed for a hundred years? Yeah. the story. Okay, so the priest finds the diary, which tells the story of the leper community that was <laughs> murdered. One of those. And they were on a boat that was intentionally sank, and then uh, they stole the gold from the shipwreckage and built the town of Antonio Bay. And now a hundred years later, um, coming in with like a, a fog from the ocean, uh, they're returning to seek their revenge. Oh no. All this to kind of get us to hang out with a couple of cool characters. It's really just kind of like a random assortment of people. You have Tom Atkins, Playing Nick Castle, aka Doctor Chalice, a young pre-mustache Doctor Chalice, just cruising around, 
town at midnight picking up a hitchhiker. Often rocking legendary wardrobe like that includes a black turtleneck with like an off yellow oranges flannel and the leather jacket. <laughs> layering. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about layering. Looking good. Um yeah, just cruising around town. Uh not a very big town. What the hell Jamie Lee Curtis was even doing hitchhiking in the middle of the woods off the beaten path? You know, part of the thing here with this, with both this and Halloween 3, it kind of like was pushing forward a narrative of drifter culture. Yeah. In Halloween 3, you basically have the first ever representation on film of the drifter slash medical doctor. <laughs> <laughs> And then in this, it's like we're not really sure what Tom Atkins's character is doing on he a day to day basis. Just, uh parties with his friends all the time. They take the boat out, they drink a bunch of beer, he drives around town, picks up hitchhiking babes, and it's like And then fucks them. Yeah. Well you Evidently know, before they even know each other's names. When you have that sort of charm <laughs> Who doesn't, doesn't see Tom much. Atkins as like a sex symbol of our right. time? Smooth talker. But yeah, it's kind of like I, I bet know. I bet Nick Castle was big on pussy eating even in like the early eighties. Oh yeah, it was nineteen eighty. I mean, it wasn't really. And it was like the first time for a lot of those chicks that <laughs> you know they got to experience that world, God. and they were like, they just okay. So like he picks up Jamie the Lee Curtis of Tom Atkins. <laughs> he picks up Jamie Lee Curtis, and then they have this totally insane conversation. Where they are talking about whether or not he's a weirdo. Yeah. And then... No fear from her, by the way. Getting in this creep's pickup truck. People weren't educated about serial killers, right? I guess. Um, But also, just the idea of, you know, a cute chick like Jamie Lee Curtis walking down the street in the woods. And you're like, what? She can't get a ride in town. She doesn't have a boyfriend. Like, it kind of reminds me... Remember, like, when you saw that uh, homeless chick who was, like, not that unattractive? She's hotter than any girl that would ever talk to me, that's for sure. <laughs> and you're like, how does that girl, I know? saw. Well, no, I saw two. Yeah. <laughs> this is kind of a weird I can't road believe to go down. <laughs> you should have offered one a ride. <laughs> okay, if I said to you that there's, like, a movie from 1980 where a guy picks up uh, a cute chick hitchhiking after midnight and then immediately has sex with her you'd either be describing a porno or a snuff film right. i mean i mean what is this mainstream like, horror it's just like yeah i mean it immediately cuts from that conversation in the cab of the truck to they're just in bed together oh yeah <laughs> there's no get to know you i mean it's it's so bizarre <laughs> yeah can i buy you a cup of coffee but it's like she's hitchhiking. Imagine what his like living situation like. With the I don't know if it's like a house or what. I mean, it probably just right reeks of like man ass and balls and like, <laughs> like there's piss all over the floor. Probably <laughs> there's like wadded up tissues with cum like all <laughs> over the place and just like. But it's also like, like she- laying on his mattress is just like an open copy of like Harry Beaver Monthly. <laughs> and she's just like, what is this? Place? And plus, it's like she's hit- she's hitchhiking. Isn't she trying to get somewhere? Uh, Evidently not that she's quickly. She's aimlessly hitchhiking. Well, as things play out, I mean, she just stays with uh, Nick like the rest of the movie. Like she just, there doesn't really seem to be anything 
like, all right, so like this weird shit starts happening, and then like some friends of Nick's that are on a boat, they end up missing and they're dead, up. and like you know they're killed by the ghosts or whatever. And so like theoretically, something weird is going on, but still, it's like where was she headed? She doesn't need to. This is so important now that she just stays. He's like, like I'm gonna go down to the dock and and see if I can figure out what happened to my friends. My boat's missing, or at least the boat that I go out on is missing and she's just going with him but never really seems to have an appreciation that the stakes have risen or anything if i think if i was hanging out with somebody that i just met and they were like oh man all, all, like all my friends just died i'd be like see ya <laughs> yeah <laughs> that sucks <laughs> i don't mean it's like do do you really want to get well, involved yeah. now <laughs> and it yeah it is like talk about shit just getting weird out of nowhere i mean it's like, okay, you guys were just intimate. You spent this night of obviously passionate lovemaking. But <laughs> Pussy eating. Yeah, then the next morning, it's just like, all my friends are dead. And my boat didn't come back. I mean, wouldn't think th- things would take like a hard cut at that point to just bizarre, somber. <laughs> she just is like, I'm going to walk to a nearby gas station and knock on people's windows and see if I can get a ride. <laughs> Something that's still happens yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean i i don't know because as we find out it's like well these ghosts they want to kill like seven or something to match the number of their community that were killed in that shipwreck a hundred years ago so like i mean i i never really know the real purpose behind the now that we've kind of gone over this material twice i'm starting to understand a little bit more of the actual plot but all this stuff usually goes like right by me yeah i, I the, mean it's like so forgettable like who cares yeah. Well, I'm just saying that now, by hanging around, Jamie Lee Curtis's character is is potentially could be one of those seven, even though she's not from this town. Oh, right. She's just passing through, and it's like, why would you get caught up in this? Who cares? Move on. Yeah. It's Tom Atkins. Although, on the <laughs> other hand, it's Tom Atkins. <laughs> it's not fucking Soda Pop Curtis from The Outsiders. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> the hairless boy. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, uh, also, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's mother is in the film and Janet Lee. Yeah. And she's another just pointless appendage to this movie. That's just like, Oh look, we have the chick from psycho. Although accompanied by, uh, legend of the show, Nancy Loomis. She was briefly married to somebody with the last name Loomis. Her real name's like Nancy Keys right. or something. Oh, like I that. thought that that was a made up name altogether. Like the Loomis part of it. No, I don't know. I think she was that was one of her she's been like married a couple of times. Yeah, I don't know. She's ha- she has a bunch of different names, but when you look like <laughs> that <laughs> Yeah, I mean at one point the one po- the one time wife of legendary director Tommy Lee Wallace <laughs> <laughs> mentioned not infrequently on this show. Yeah, I mean, she. Uh, for anyone not sure who we're talking about, we're talking about Annie from the original Halloween. Right. The girl that the best spills stuff on her clothes and then is walking around in her underwear for a while. Yeah. Just a legendary character, a right. legendary woman. Absolutely. <laughs> who, yeah. didn't, who really didn't appear in that many films. But a lot of good ones. <laughs> we got she this. Was really, she was entrenched in that carpenter camp. Yeah. And... Uh, Halloween 3, a brief but memorable appearance. Oh, yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because at some point, 
Dr. Chalice, a.k.a. Nick Castle, ends Moves up getting out of this married town. to this character. <laughs> um, yeah, for some reason, she's just hanging around with uh, Janet Lee, who's like kind of running this centennial celebration, and it's kind of like, oh, God. But we haven't even talked about the actress with top billing oh, for true. The Fog, former wife of John Carpenter, Adrian Barbo, Barbano? Barbo, yeah, uh, from Swamp Thing. In yeah. Carnival, uh, looking good in this movie, I think. <laughs> she um, inexplicably is like a small town disc jockey, right? Some in kind a of lighthouse. And uh, I don't know if I talked about this on the last episode or we just talked about it in general. But every time I see this, it makes me think of Delilah. For those of you that are familiar with easy listening, <laughs> late night radio. Yeah, she's kind of got like that sensual kind of like sultry radio voice that she puts on yeah but like it is odd that she's playing jazz <laughs> yeah. which i guess was used you know for budgetary reasons getting like oh, the licensing right. to these stupid jazz songs or whatever but it kind of throws you for a loop because you're like a lot Who of people be in this? this town listen to jazz oh, like yeah. soft jazz well she's a small town celebrity though a lot of people just tuning in for that voice yeah get those weather updates because i right. mean obviously in a town in which the local economy is probably heavily reliant on the ocean as far as like fishing or whatever the fuck they're doing out there you know <laughs> yeah getting weather reports is important i mean uh <laughs> before their uh, untimely demise uh nick castle's dear friends out on what seems to be like a friday night just drinking on the boat, listening to her radio program. <laughs> Pretty big night. Yeah, I mean, I get a I not get unlike the feeling some of our own Friday nights. <laughs> They're like, "Hey, do you want to go to a nearly abandoned mall? Do you want to listen to uh, Cindy Lauper? Girls just want to have fun." And Elton John. I guess that's why they call it the blues. Over and over. And then watch a cover of like some European singer doing girls just want to have oh, fun yeah. and laugh about how she says it. It's a sad scene, folks. <laughs> and then watch uh Lazy Town and Little John oh, mashups. <laughs> um Oof. yeah. What yeah, a the, life. <laughs> there were some dark days. Oh yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. What I mean I don't think there's really a whole lot going on in Antonio Bay, so I, no. I mean, you know. But I'm saying I, this is like the dream job. I would love to just move to a small town and uh, have a radio station. <laughs> yeah, well, that would be cool, especially like out of a cool lighthouse. Yeah, and she has like a kid, and then uh, I mean, whatever, it doesn't matter. Oh, the kid. Eventually, like the pirate ghosts kill like a few of those sailors, and then they. You know, the second night they come up onto the shore and they're killing other people. Right. Eventually, uh, all of our principal characters kind of unite in some inexplicable yeah. way. For some reason, yeah. I think, well, they're it, all being except led, for uh, Adrian. Well, Barbano, because she's, she's kind of uh, she's the one directing traffic yeah, from the lighthouse, pushing them all together because she needs to uh, find some people. To Even save though her it's kid. absurd. And who better than legendary hero Nick Castle? Well, it's absurd that she can see the entirety of the town from this lighthouse because we saw her walking to... There's a scene of her walking to to the lighthouse. That's right. 
And she has to go That's down. The kind of excitement going on in this film. <laughs> she has to walk down, like basically off of a cliff, and then there's oh. like a staircase that goes all the way down to where the lighthouse is, and it's basically set beneath the cl- the actual right. coast. Yeah, just a worthless lighthouse, really. I, I well, I mean, I'm. You just really need to have the lighthouse far, like as far as the land will go and then yep. like high enough that the boats will see, but there's no guarantee that you're going to be able to see back onto the land. No, that doesn't really true. matter. Yeah. Right. So I don't understand how she can see anything from this lighthouse yep. other than the ocean and then like a cliff, but whatever. <laughs> the lighthouse isn't that big. All right. <laughs> right. This episode, uh, we're trying to remember. All right. Yeah. At this point, I mean, this movie always right out of my mind as soon as I watch it, but I do love it, though. It's a fun watch every year uh, around Halloween. It's short. I'll give it that. That's a Yeah, which is a very strong point for me. I don't really understand like what the relationship between Janet Lee and Nancy Keyes' characters are. Full-time is she like an assistant? assistant? It seems like, yeah. Is maybe... Uh, see, well, Janet-, Janet Lee's husband was one of the people on that boat. But why would she have a full-time assistant like... I kind of thought I always think the first time that she's introduced that she has some sort of like celebrity behind her or something. Do you think that she's like stepping out on her husband in some sort of like torrid lesbian love affair? Well, with I Nancy, always think with that. young Nancy. Yeah. It's I mean, kind of like a I thought that was pretty a teacher, clear. Yeah. student right. you know, Dom sub type relationship <laughs> there was a contract signed similar to uh 50 shades of gray <laughs> he's she's like fisting You're pulling out the contract on like a second date <laughs> i'm gonna need your signature on I, this yeah i can't wait till we do an episode on 50 shades of gray yeah that should be fun we're gonna wait for the third one and then we're gonna do like a trilogy oh yeah <laughs> hit all the bullet points yeah, I mean, then they end up in the church, and the priest is like, hey, here's the story. But for some reason, he didn't read the whole thing. So then once they're there, they're like, hey, what, mistake. A, what does the rest of it say? And then they're like, all right, well, we got to give them this gold back. And then I guess there's a cross made out of gold in this church. And so eventually these ghosts are closing in on Adrian Barbano in the lighthouse at the same time that some of the other ones are closing in on the rest of the characters up in this church. Yeah. She's got to go fire up that generator lawnmower style. Yeah, and then she yeah, and then she climbs on top of the lighthouse. Right, it, that's kind of an, a cool scene. Yeah. I mean, it could have been cooler, but well, you know, in theory, if this movie wasn't garbage, yeah, <laughs> in theory, it's a cool scene. Right, and then I don't know, like the priest gives the gold cross to like the top dog of a pirate ghost. Yeah, thinking and then everything saved seems himself. To be cool. Right. I mean, the priest is like, okay, we're good to go. And then, you know, a mere couple minutes later in the movie, he's uh, decapitated, it seems. <laughs> yeah. Well, then all the ghosts disappear, and then everything's over, and everyone can go home. And then once the priest is by himself, they just come back and kill him. Yeah. <laughs> which makes zero sense. Well, yeah. But, you know, I guess it, it really was... I don't... I mean, I'm assuming, like, the fog... Pro- well, I'm not assuming, but... I don't know. The fog probably came out before even the original Friday the 13th, which had like that last scare oh, moment of Jason popping end, out, yeah. which is like pretty famous. But even, I guess, Carrie predates both of these, which had like the hand shooting out of the grave. Right. Which is completely ridiculous and makes no sense. Yet, 
is still like insanely scary, just like the Friday the Thirteenth jump scare at the end. So I don't know. I guess it's just a thing with these horror movies. They like to have that last moment. Yeah, nothing uh, remotely scary about this movie. <laughs> no. Everything that they aim for, they there are a lot of like attempts at jump scares. And at the one part where they're at the morgue and the one body is like reanimated and like coming up behind Jamie Lee Curtis, <laughs> which makes and, no sense. And then it just falls over. Yeah, it's the only part where there's borderline zombies. I mean, there's these villain things, but they're kind of something else. They're not they're zombies, like ghosts, right, or something. Now, I will say some of the atmospheric stuff, like we said earlier, I do like. I kind of like at the beginning of the movie where. They're just showing this uh, gas station employee or whatever, the convenience store guy, cleaning up <laughs> after hours. I mean, that's that's kind of got that like little late night after hours creepy feel. I feel like this should, this movie just a legend, by the way, like opening up like an orange juice or something and drinking it and putting it back. <laughs> <laughs> I think like um, if I was gonna like rewrite this movie. Oh, okay, here we go. I would start it at dusk and. Try to do all of the buildup of the centennial stuff, like in the first like five minutes of the movie, and then like the the centennial celebration kind of thing would be happening at night, and it would be cross cut. By the time you get to that, it's completely. It would not. In other words, it would not take place over two days. Right. The entire movie would be at night. Yeah. There would never be a shot of the day, because once those day scenes happen, it really kind of throws you for a minute. You're like, what is this movie now? Right. Because everything weird, because it opens at night, and all that weird shit happens in the first, like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes of the movie, but then all of a sudden you're during the day, and then it's like, nothing's happening. If I was to rewrite this movie, Jamie Lee Curtis would be the daughter of a toy shop owner who was murdered, and Tom Atkins uh, (laughs) goes to investigate what would have happened with her. (laughs) And he also wears no underwear. Just straight crack right on jeans. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I like. I kind of see this as like a an odd companion piece to Halloween 3, which for some reason for me actually kind of works better as like a completed <laughs> right. movie. I think, the, I think the fog is more artistically shot and more artistically done, and well, the atmosphere is better. Yeah. But as far as, like... More well-directed. As an A to B, like, story, like, Halloween 3 makes more sense. Like, I, do, I don't like the structure of the fog, really, I think is my problem. Right. I don't... I just don't think that it, it keeps... It, I don't know. It Again, doesn't maintain, like, great. any kind of level of intensity because of that long section in the middle where oh, yeah. it's daytime and you're like well obviously nothing's gonna happen and it wasn't that scary the first time so we're not right. really dreading the night coming because yeah, we don't even know what's going on i think really. i said this before but they kind of seem like villains from a, a cartoon episode of scooby-doo yeah like it just does not even remotely feel real no i, I mean it does i think like uh, Carpenter and Deborah Hill came up with this when they went to visit uh, Stonehenge. Oh no! And they saw which would factor into Halloween three. Yeah, <laughs> and they yeah that's true. And they saw like um, a fog kind of coming over the hill or some stupid story. And then they're like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if? And I think you know they basically no one just... was there to be like, no, that would not be cool. <laughs> yeah, it's I don't know. I think you know. 
I didn't see this movie for the first time until like a couple years ago, and I had already seen uh, The Mist, you know, which is oh, right. obviously yeah. much more recent of a film. And I kind of always equated that before ever seeing either, like before seeing The Fog, I kind of just assumed it was something similar to The Mist. Right. But The Mist is like much more horrifying. Yeah. And straight up like terrifying. Well, and the this- monsters in The Mist are like way more fucked up than these whatever they are uh, yeah, and lepers, it's weird because ghost it, it would only be f- like i think um Revenants. a couple of years maybe two years later that john carpenter would be making the his version of the thing which is like yeah. honestly as as far as like the effects go is much more similar to the mist than this right this is like yeah this seems almost like a student film. <laughs> like it's, I don't. I mean, I don't get anything in this. It's like I don't know what is supposed to be scary. No, nothing. <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, I don't know. What, I know this is coming well, off as like a complete trashing of the movie. I think it's it fun. Bit. Oh, absolutely. And you do get a lot of fun scenes with Tom Atkins and Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> I, don't I know mean, about a lot. <laughs> I feel like they should have cut some of these characters out and focused well, primarily agree. on Atkins. Yes. <laughs> More screen time for Atkins always. And it would have been nice to have Nancy Keys running around in her underwear like she does in Halloween. Oh, of course it would have been fun. <laughs> uh, no nudity in this movie, right? No. So there's that. Kind of a bummer. Yeah. So that'll do it for the fog. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, in our first attempt, I think we went through the plot a little bit more. I can't, I think we did as best as we could with the plot now, unless you're remembering anything specific. No, I think we just hit on some other things, like that uh, one, I don't know if he's like a weather dude or what, but that one guy that's always checking in with her at the radio station that's like thirsty AF. (laughs) It's like asking her on a date, like every night, just trying to wear her down. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that guy would be, like, you know, straight up villainized on, like, Twitter oh, and yeah. Reddit and stuff today. I mean, he wouldn't be able to survive the, <laughs> the a, times. A brutal <laughs> beating <changed>. for him. <laughs> He's, like, literally... He, yeah. If this was, like, a 2017, he would be, like, sending uh, her pictures of his dick. Adrian stuff. Barbeau putting on Twitter, hashtag me too. <laughs> This weather jackass yeah. that I have to work with. Right. Who can't take no for an answer. Yep. I'm yeah. trying to move on from my maybe dead husband. <laughs> yeah, we don't really know what the story is. She has a kid. Her kid is in danger at one point, And then his babysitter, who's like this old lady, ends up getting killed by the monsters, which seems kind of unfair that she's one of the seven. What'd she ever do? Oh, yeah, I know. I mean, I get, like, the fucking dudes that went out onto the ocean. I mean, oh, yeah, they, we they, get it. They crossed the line. They went onto the ocean. And then right. we, we get the priest, obviously. Well, but, yeah. like, I don't know why. Is it seven? Because I don't even remember I who else there was. I was thinking it was six, but. Who else was there? I don't know. It's hard to really remember. Oh, the weather guy gets oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> well, this, you know, it all worked out. All right. So that's the fog. <laughs> so Psycho 2, just another ridiculous movie, really. I feel like the first time I watched it, I was kind of blown away by how great it is. And then on second viewing, I was like, well, this isn't really that great. But I There's think... There's definitely something to it. It's fun. It's more like you you can't believe that it's actually as competent 
and as decent as it is. That's the thing that I think is mind-blowing because you would expect it to be a complete pile of garbage. Just an insane plot, really, though. And forget the amount of twists that come into play at the end. (laughs) Yeah. Right out of the gate, I mean, we're leading off with, okay, we got Anthony Perkins. He's back as Norman Bates. We're back at the hotel, back at the house. It's only 23 years after the Ridge. Uh, declared sane. O- okay to return to society. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Do you see this happening in the world in any way? May in Canada. Okay, it happens, which oh. is very scary. But like, um, no, not in America. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's he, no way. Uh, he killed like seven people or something. multiple people, and uh, they're just like, okay, well, he's cured. We can kinda... I don't. I actually don't remember how the original Psycho ends. Like how it ends with uh, someone explaining like what's going on with his. So he's like alive and he's arrested. Yeah, and, and like some psychologist is explaining like what's going on with. Yeah. His... Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just couldn't remember like his status because. Oh yeah, he's. It's arrested. a little jarring because for some reason I would have just thought, oh yeah, he probably got killed or something. Uh no, and then, that would have made the sequel really weird. I didn't somehow watch... he always makes it through. He's in two more movies after this one. Yeah, somehow I didn't. Um, <laughs> they keep releasing him. I didn't remember, and I had just watched Psycho not that long ago, probably around the time that I first watched Psycho Two, which was only like a right. few months ago. But anyway, so Psycho Two, he gets out of jail. It's uh, kind of like uh that Paperboy movie that we watched. Is that a uh... What it's called with like John Cusack and Nicole Kidman? Yeah, the Paperboy. Yeah, it isn't that whole thing. They're like trying to get him out of jail. Yeah, and they do. Yes, and he kills again. Yeah, he kills Nicole Kidman. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler. Right. If you ever want to see a movie where That's Nicole like, Kidman pees on Zac Efron, all the people you know <laughs> trying to get Adnan out. <laughs> um. Yeah. I think the thing that's kind of cool, though, is... Okay, so the movie's in color, but everything, as far as, like, the Bates Motel and everything, the like, the little motel and the house behind it, everything looks the same. Oh, yeah. Like, identical. And I really... You get... Because it's in color, I think you get, like, a better sense of the interior of the house and, and all, like, the different rooms. The and, house and, still very creepy. Yeah. Well, the whole kind of premise of the film is basically... Vera Miles, who plays Janet Lee's sister from the original Returns, and she's the only person at his. Uh, <laughs> this is bullshit. This hearing. is crazy. What are we doing? We can't let this guy back into society. And they're like, "Shut up! Shut up! Shut up!" He's yeah, fine. he's fine. His psychiatrist yeah. says he's okay. We're this, letting him out. Yeah, this one psychiatrist is that what is the guy that drives the Mercedes Benz from mm-hmm. uh, Lost Highway? Yeah, Robert Loggia. Uh, he is like really hell bent on keeping Norman Bates on the streets. Yeah, I mean, I guess they were like, you know, they probably they're still were good floating them, the it. idea of like, well, can we do a sequel? What would the story be? So then they had to be like, all right, well, obviously, the only way we can realistically come up with something is that he didn't go to jail; he went to uh, an asylum and so or a psychiatric hospital, and now we're gonna have to have like a psychiatrist who's really hell bent on saying he's sane now. <laughs> Well, and you, I guess you would say the motiv- the motivation for doing that would be that he's the one 
that did it. And so he would raise his own profile as a psychiatrist. Right. Like he's able to do this and blah, blah, blah. So the whole, I think the interesting part of this film is the idea that we don't know if Norman Bates is Well, Norman is a strange character in it because it's like he's kind of portrayed as the hero. Well, yeah, that's the interesting thing is like, as you kind of get into what's happening, Norman is mostly sympathetic. Right. And you're kind of like, why are these people fucking with him so much? (laughs) Because essentially, in maybe the most insane casting I could possibly think of, Meg Tilly plays Vera Miles' daughter. Oh. So I don't... I don't know who the father would have been in this situation, but I mean Yokozuna. <laughs> oh man! Well, I mean, this is after the Get Out episode, which we were mostly okay, and now, right. now we're really going off the rails. Okay, racially. well, I, yeah. well let, I mean, she's very she comes, tan. She comes from like a different kind of ethnicity. I than was thinking Vera Miles. maybe your father was Samoan. I don't know. <laughs> it could be. Yeah. So she plays her daughter and. Meg Tilly, very like young, cute as a button, um, <laughs> works at this diner that I guess through like the psychiatrist Norman's able job to get this placement. job. Yeah, he's able to get psycho job placement. Job placement. <laughs> and so it all kind of works out to where now hold on, can we t- also talk about the most ridiculous plot point to me, which is that for the twenty years or whatever he's been away. Uh, they did not shut down the hotel. The mm-hmm. hotel's still fully operational with a different manager, although Bates still the owner. Played by Dennis Franz, by the right. way. Right. The Just manager. Always a legend. Yeah. Uh I, I didn't yeah, I don't understand like it seems insane to me that this would ever happen. Norman's like the last heir to the Bates you know properties and everything and then he gets convicted of all these murders and sent away and they don't be like uh, they don't dissolve this or sell this or anything the person's (laughs) declared legally insane or whatever isn't he unfit to own or something i I would think something happens here right into the show if you know right so (laughs) (laughs) so when he gets released he then kind of takes over the uh motel again and uh finds out that Dennis Franz, who's playing a guy named Toomey, he's oh, Toomey. he's kind of been running this motel Just a as like straight a up villain drug den kind of place, and people kind of, kind of like seedy motel outside of town to get rooms to have a little party, you know, have do affairs, a little, do maybe speed, <laughs> little drugging, and it's like that hotel from uh, Havoc. <laughs> god it's just like uh gang bang going on yeah situations to be initiated in the gangs right okay so meg tilly's playing mary she works at this diner a situation arises where she kind of uh was sharing an apartment with her boyfriend her boyfriend breaks up with her she doesn't have anywhere to go norman offers her the the opportunity to stay at his motel when they get there he finds out toomey's kind of run this place really shittily so he's like all right (laughs) Mary, Norman. why don't you just go up to the house and stay? Meanwhile, everybody, although it's not clear at first whether Mary's aware, but seemingly everybody's aware of Norman's crimes. And right. it's just like, oh, yes. people are just like treating him. They're either like antagonistic towards him to the point where you're like, why are you provoking this guy? <laughs> or they're oblivious and they act like nothing is dangerous and there's now, no problem. Something happens in the diner right away, and I can't remember what it is, but there's kind of like 
a brush with disaster like right off the bat. And you wouldn't you just be like, okay, that's it. We gave it a shot. He's not fit for society. Oh, you mean when Toomey comes in? Oh, yeah. And he sends him, and he, and he thinks that Toomey gives him that note right. from his mother. Yeah. Um, and he busts out like the kitchen door or whatever, and there's like a standoff. Right. And it doesn't escalate to violence, but it's just like, okay, Norman seems a little unhinged. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because basically what's plaguing... Norman seems to want a life of quiet and solitude and maybe the opportunity to peacefully run this motel, which but he also was also his murder trap. Yeah, <laughs> but he also has to keep up this other job of being a cook. For some reason, which makes zero sense <laughs> if he, he owns, owns a motel. A motel. <laughs> yeah. But like... I don't know. Maybe the I can't really come up with a reasonable explanation for that. Maybe they're saying that the money that the motel is generating doesn't go to him because of his crimes. But I don't. That doesn't make sense because right. they're like you're the owner and he has the authority to eventually fire Toomey. So I, I don't know. And don't they kind of make it seem like that psychiatrist appointed Toomey or something? Uh, I, I don't know. know that's that. that. Who, who did appoint him? Who knows? Okay, <laughs> just a guy. Yeah, he's just a dude. <laughs> but Norman fires him. Yeah. Um well, okay. So, yeah, Norman wants this li- this quiet life yet this kind of he's seemingly haunted by his past crimes, but also the voice of his mother still kind of is haunting him. And you know, eventually yeah. He doesn't seem that over it. You know, Toomey is murdered, some kids that break into the Bates house to have sex and smoke a joint. Uh, murdered. The one of them oh. is murdered. Yeah. His girlfriend leaves him for dead. <laughs> yeah. And then she brings the cops back and is like, hey, my boyfriend was murdered. And the cops show up and they look around. And they're like, hey, we don't see him. So yeah. I guess this story's not true. <laughs> and <laughs> they like, just leave. Well, I'm still here. <laughs> well, how do you explain my boyfriend being gone? Yeah. I, I don't know. So, you know, the big. But as a viewer, you don't really see who's doing the murdering. And so you're not really sure. Well, you can see someone kind of dressed up like his mother. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Like a silhouette or whatever. Right. or But we should kind of go back to what you were saying about Meg Tilly when she's going to... Uh, she comes over to stay the night. Never uh, recommended to uh, young women out there <laughs> who are considering staying the night with a murderer. Well, uh, it's one thing if it's a complete stranger. It's, another th- it's a whole other universe if this c- complete stranger was also convicted of murdering seven people already. It's like... Oh, right. And, okay, so... At, when this first occurs, you don't know if she's aware. Oh, yeah. But later, you find out that, yes, she is aware because of her mother. Because, we, you know, the reveal of her being uh, Vera Miles' daughter isn't until later. But Norman uh, a little too desperate for her to stay there, you think? Yeah. He's really not letting it go. Well, you can stay with me. I mean, I got all this room. It's kind of unclear. I don't see why you just don't stay with me. I can make you sandwiches. It's kind of unclear if norman is attracted to her or if he's just trying to be nice and he wants to be seem normal and well he gets to look at her in the shower i i guess that's him that's the thing we don't know (laughs) it would be really weird if it was her mom it would it i don't know (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i don't know what's happening well that's the weird thing though because it's like there's a lot of nods going on to the original movie we've got kind of like the shower scene different things are happening but what one thing that jumped out to me is like in the hotel from the first movie we've got the wall cut out with just the little eye hole that he can see through but he has this also in his own house to his own bathroom (laughs) isn't that kind of weird 
<laughs> well, he needed to spy on his mom, taking yeah. a shit. I don't know. I don't know why that would be there. It's just a weird place. He was just planning to hopefully one day have a woman stay over in the house. <laughs> or maybe maybe his mother used it to spy on him. That's possible. Now, I'm not I'm not an expert on any, on the whole lore of Psycho. I've only seen Psycho 1 and 2 and exactly one episode of Bates Motel the television show. What However, Gus Van Sant's Psycho. I didn't see that. Really? No. Wow. But um I think the television show kind of I could be wrong about this, but I feel like there's a heavily uh, implied like borderline oh. incestuous thing going on between him and his mother. Well, which I mean, in the television show, it's Vera right? Farmiga, which is understandable. Yeah, lucky for him. God, I wish that was my mom. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you this: there'd be a hole in the wall to that bathroom. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know if it's like his mom. It, you get into that weird thing where it's like. You know, whenever a parent is, like, overly involved in, like, the sexual life of, like, their children. You know what I mean? Always a weird move, yeah. A lot of times it's, like, fathers and daughters, but, like, in this movie, in this world that make, you know, which is one of the reasons why they kind of portray Norman as, like, a psycho is because, like, his mom is, like, so wrapped up up in him and he's like a full-grown adult yeah just haunting you know these notes that he's getting from his mother in psycho 2 are like get rid of the whore you know talking (laughs) about meg tilly and all this she's a little whore and a little piece of trash (laughs) yeah i mean that kind of thing and it's just like obviously the hold that his mother had over him kind of extends to this weird place of like not allowing him to be in a relationship with like a woman his age or anything like that. And so I don't know. I don't know if that, if she had been spying on him taking a shower, I don't know. Like who knows why that hole was there. But anyway, so we get to see, you know, this girl take a shower and it's like, you know, the first time I saw this movie, I was like, Oh, full look. Yeah. I was like, Oh man, we get to see like, uh, like a 20 year old Meg Tilly, like her butt and her boobs. And I was just very happy with it. (laughs) And then we were watching it. This, recent time and this was the first time matt had saw it and he of course had to point out that it was probably a body double yeah because you don't see her face at the same time yeah you can spot that camera work for the body double whenever the head is like kind of cut out of the shot and you know i seen the back i then confirmed it on mr skin and it was i mean a spiral of depression for me a dark day in your life and i don't really know why other than it just kind of ruins the allure of the movie yeah it does not that like i'm so desperate to see this particular actress naked but i'm not really ready to say that it's just like i don't know it just seems like such a hollywood dumb fake thing to have for a movie like this it's like i think what i was asking though was like they couldn't have cast a chick that was willing to do nudity for this movie I mean, was, was Meg 19- Tilly a big get for them? <laughs> In 1983, you're yeah. telling me Meg Tilly had the pull to not do a nude scene? <laughs> it's like, what? I don't know. It is strange. <laughs> Where is Harvey Weinstein when you need him? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, we're joking. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it just kind of was a little disappointing. Although yeah. it still looks good, whoever right. it was. <laughs> yeah, so good job by that body double. <laughs> 
well, really brought like the you, movie together. You know, when I was doing the research on Mr. Skin, you see that Meg Tilly has been nude in tons of movies, although they were all well after that. Yeah, I don't know. So, it, that is weird then. Now, I was confused. I guess she eventually broke down. The first time I was watching this, I was just kind of confused because I didn't realize there was more than one Tilly sister, and I just kind of thought, oh, I th-, you know, in my head, I'm <laughs> I thinking- I know Jen Tilly was yeah, in this picture. Yeah, I was thinking like, oh, this must be like Jennifer Tilly, even though it said Meg, and I'm just like kind of confused by this, and then I'm like, oh, there's more than one, and it's like, well, Meg Tilly acted in a lot of stuff like in the 80s, and then kind of stopped at about 95, and then recently has kind of popped back up and stuff again, so- Weird career for her. Yeah, that is strange. <laughs> anyway, back to the movie. Um, so, she's, yeah, for some she reason... She does end up living with him basically, after all this. Basically. Uh, we do get a shot of her first night in, uh, kind of cowered up on the bed with the chair propped against the door. Yeah, because she does seem like genuinely like afraid of him at first, and then she gets to know him, and then seemingly is not afraid of him anymore, even though his grip on sanity seems to be loosening because as we find out his her mother is the one tormenting him seemingly (laughs) nonstop, and yet this leads to a scene where they both spend the night in the same room together not like having sex or even sleeping in the same bed but she seems perfectly fine with just sleeping in a room with him yeah not a great decision by her there's also been a scene before that where they go into the bathroom and the toilet just blood kind of spewing out of it i mean he pulls this <laughs> yeah, cloth out of it and it's just so much blood that was supposedly uh soaked in this cloth and you're like how how much blood can this fabric hold uh it, it the bathroom is just covered in blood you're like uh six different ways by the cure starts playing <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i mean i don't know i think the movie kind of takes on more of a slasher feel at times which obviously in 83 would have still been kind of like the height of like the halloween and friday the the 13th and all that stuff uh deaths like the actual murders what they look like is quite strange (laughs) you know what i mean like the actual stabbing sequences just look off yeah i mean okay well the effects aren't great um okay we can say that i i I think, like, it, it manages to do, like, some slasher-type kills, though, pretty well. Yeah. Um, the story really starts unraveling uh, because eventually, because of all these deaths piling up, you know, Toomey, the the girl, or, I mean, the the kid, and then um, eventually uh, Vera Miles gets killed, and then... How at, does she die? I don't remember this. Well, she's the one that gets stabbed like through the mouth. Oh, with that's the knife. right. Yeah. And you're not really sure then. You at that point, you just are like, all right. Well, then it's Norman. It's got to be Norman. Yeah. Like she, uh, or maybe she killed some other people first, and then because we find out that she's been dressing up like the mother, that she's been having Mary Magtilly also doing it. They've been fucking with him nonstop, and it, she seems. It's never fully confirmed, but it seems like, well, maybe she's crazy enough to actually be killing people, too, to try to pin this on him. Because she right. seems hell-bent oh, on getting yeah, him she sent can't back. can't let it go. And so, all of this is revealed, and then she gets killed, Vera Miles. And then, so you're like, oh, well, obviously this has been Norman. Well, There's about- scenes where he's talking on the phone to no one. And- now, the psych- psychiatrist already killed at this point, right? Yeah, well, Mary uh, does that. He just 
brutally murdered, really. <laughs> well, yeah. Gets stabbed in the gut or whatever. Well, this is when Mary starts getting afraid of Norman for real, and then she has a knife to protect herself, and she's scared that Norman's going to attack her. And then the psychiatrist is in the house, and then he kind of creeps he accidentally like, taps, I gotcha <laughs> he like taps her from behind and then she turns and just stabs him in the chest and he falls off the stairs and then they show it so that like the knife which had been kind of slightly implanted in him gets driven into him when he lands on oh, the yeah. banister <laughs> they just have that shot of the knife even like getting plunged further into him kind of like aaron eckhart in black dahlia or whatever where he just <laughs> falls off that thing forever and then like crushes his head so <laughs> top ridiculous yeah, deaths this, this episode has just been chock full of references that people probably won't know we'll start watching more movies people <laughs> so in the end we find out that this woman that worked at the diner is uh norman's actual biological mother and that his, oh, yeah. that mrs That's bates were... was just raising her right. which of course <laughs> makes zero sense yeah or just raising him whenever she was in an asylum. So I guess they're kind of saying that like the insanity was like hereditary, even though they've already set up the fact that his insanity would have been brought on by like his domineering mother. Right. They're like, oh, well, you know, your actual mother was this other woman. And then you kind of get the implication then that the other woman was the one who murdered everybody. And it wasn't Norman and it wasn't Vera Miles. It was this other woman. Although Meg Tilly did get one death on her belt yeah and she ends up getting shot by the cops because she oh, was yeah. gonna stab norman right at the end yeah just a bloodbath really because norman kind of remains These cops just can't arrest norman somehow they can't well norman they seems seem like sympathetic until the very end because he truly kind of seems confused and lost but they even have like things like history repeating itself, like they're having to go out to the swamp to look for bodies and there's cars in it. Right, yeah. Uh, no arrests, though. Well, well, what ends up happening is they think that Meg Tilly killed her own mother because they had a falling out because uh, that guy yeah. saw the, her and her mother arguing at the hotel. Right. And they just assumed that her and her mother had killed everybody else. Yeah. And she was the one holding the knife about to kill Norman when they shot her and so his real mother's you know free to show up then at the Bates house and then Norman kills her <laughs> you know just shocking ending really yeah brutal scene where he just takes a shovel and just smashes <laughs> her on the head yeah that, that, that is insane and the way they shot that was cool too because it like it, that it pans up cool. to like the ceiling so it's like an overhead shot of him just swinging the shovel full on and just you know, knocking her the block scene off builds in such an odd way too because she's just like revealing all these things to him and he's just kind of like okay i know what i have to do murder my real mother <laughs> it's like oh norman yeah you're as mad as a hatter so i don't know <laughs> yeah. it, well, so he didn't kill anybody this whole movie and then he meets his real mom we don't know we don't know who killed all those other people yeah. <laughs> it's never confirmed at any point right of who did what killing it just people were killed and I guess you kind of have to draw your own conclusions. I kind of feel like does she? She kind of implies that she did this to help him or something. So I kind of feel at like, this point, yeah, I was overwhelmed by the plot twist going on. Yeah, having like I don't know, like because that the woman that we're referencing, like I know, like we just randomly bring it up at the end. It kind of feels like that. She's only oh, in yeah, like right. maybe one other scene 
in the whole movie. Well, she's at the diner a she's couple times. She's in the times, beginning more, yeah. It's like she doesn't really have any connection to anything. It's kind of a weak ending. I do like how Norman wants to clean up this uh, motel or whatever. It, it, it's going from the what used to be the site of murders to people doing well, drugs and having affairs. Well, it's often how these kind of people think. Yeah. It's like the, the murder part yeah. is not bad. This is... <laughs> That's, just that's just what they have to do we're trending back into zach's area of expertise (laughs) serial killers (laughs) well you know i just feel like sometimes they kind of justify their killing in like a weird way and right but things like drugs and you know whatever prostitution or whatever or premarital sex even if we're talking now meg tilly would fall in the category of most dead (laughs) i don't know yeah Yeah, so I is it is Psycho Two like a great film? No, <laughs> but it's way better than you would think. Is is my takeaway from it? That's fair. Yeah, I that's think it's good, better than a, a lot good of. Review. I think it's a lot a better than a lot of like sequels to major horror movies. It's you just one I mean? of those things that you just kind of have to go with it and enjoy the ride. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if somebody read that script and was like, "This is brilliant." No, I don't think. Well, I don't think the word "brilliant" was being thrown around. But no. I mean, okay, so you have like this classic film, like an iconic thing that even people that aren't into horror movies know the shower scene from Psycho. It's like one of the most famous things in film right. ever. And then, how do you? If realistically, you shouldn't make a sequel to something like that. But if you are going to, like, how do you approach it? How do you do it? without it turning into a total shit show. And I think, like, you know, we, we've we done... Yeah. We did Poltergeist on the show recently, and, I mean, I've never seen the, the Poltergeist sequels to the original, but most people seem to think that they're, you know, completely terrible. <laughs> and, you know, other iconic, like, horror movies, like we talked about in our Halloween minisode, how disappointing Halloween 2 is when you think that it should be a lot better than it is. I was always under the impression that John Carpenter directed Halloween 2. Which I he, thought so, too. No, he didn't. <laughs> which I just weird. found out recently. Yeah, I always thought that, too. No, in fact, he hates the whole thing about Laurie, uh, you know, Laurie being Michael's sister. Oh, Which isn't yeah. revealed until Halloween 2. I didn't, no, I didn't realize that. Okay. So I guess I just haven't thought about it recently. Yeah, so I don't even know for that new Halloween movie if if they're going under the storyline that she's his sister or not. Oh, you yeah. You would think that it, people have now accepted that as fact so much that how could they not do that? But so John I don't know. Carpenter not really into Halloween too. No. Wow. Okay. No, I didn't know that. I think he did stay. I think he was technically like a producer on it, but I don't think he really had much actual artistic input into it which makes sense because the movie is not great no Um, there's some stuff there it starts off all right i feel like in a weird way like i would say the first the opening sequence of rob zombies halloween 2 oh it's almost like a remake of that is like better yeah yeah so you find out that it's like fake it's a dream but it's like the longest dream sequence ever it's like 30 minutes and you're just like what the fuck um, I feel like I'm. Al- I almost feel like it's time for us to try to watch Rob Zombie's Halloween Two again. We talk about it sometimes. We started it one time and we had to get out. Wow, we yeah. got out of it because <laughs> it is not good. No, but anyway, um, 
so yeah, I I don't know. I I think Psycho Two is a fun movie, and if you're a fan of the original, then it's worth checking out. Um, I don't think it I, I don't think it really ruins anything. Even the whole thing with no. this other woman being his mother it's such a throwaway part at the end and the way that he kills her is funny and great so it's <laughs> almost worth just setting it up like that um uh i have yet to see here? psycho three yeah or four i don't think i'll ever see four but three i would like to see it at least once right okay i would i would be interested in watching it see uh what's going on there i'm sure norman somehow uh rehabilitated again and back in charge of the well, hotel i think he I think he takes in like a fallen nun or something, and then I think there's a lot of nudity. Oh, okay. Something like that. So it's probably worth, you know. Yeah, it sounds great. Um, I'm a little sad to be kind of leaving the world of horror a little bit. It's always fun to kind of get in this genre. Well, we're going to give them a bonus horror episode in December at some point, hopefully. I feel like uh, this this past year was kind of fun with this stuff because you ended up buying so many like horror movie Blu-rays. And then we really didn't do anything that off the beaten path. Well, yeah, but I just mean like of us watching movies. Oh, yeah. Well, that's our whole lives. Right. So it's been kind of a fun year with that stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's always good to have like 50 to 60 options on any given night that's true that's a good point of the things that are on your list of things to watch (laughs) all right well i think we uh you know gave people uh some sprinklings of a couple fun uh halloween time movies to watch yeah i mean obviously we could have gone a little bit more mainstream i think like the whole the whole goal with this podcast has always been to kind of just do our personal kind of picks oh right over you know the obvious ones i mean the example like again people just so confused though it's like these are movies that you guys like (laughs) (laughs) oh just wait wait till we do these listener requests i would tell people that i love the fog i didn't have one good word to say about it (laughs) (laughs) well Yeah. yeah that but i mean okay so this isn't a horror movie, but the example that I was, we would always bring up when we would have our own one-on-one discussions off mic about <laughs> yeah. the idea of the show. The show's always going on, really. Uh, you know, I'd say, you know, how, what can we say about a movie like Goodfellas that hasn't been said? You know what I mean? Right. Because obviously we both love Goodfellas. I think it's one of the, you know, it'd be in my my top whatever of all time lists, you know, 50, 25, whatever. So... But it's, you know, it's so done to death. And we try, you know, occasionally we'll we'll veer into that kind of territory from time to time if, if, if we think we can have a fun way of talking about it. But we like to do our own stuff. And so, you know, picking two random movies from the early 80s, uh, one of the lesser known and talked about Carpenter movies, The Fog, and then a sequel to Psycho, which, you know, most people probably don't even think about or consider those that's like that's our bread and butter we did halloween three as our 14th episode which we show i I don't think we've mentioned that ever i don't know (laughs) you know so i think you know we probably could have done scream or nightmare on elm street or i don't know whatever the most popular the exorcist i mean uh, we did do a really big movie this year with get out so yeah, and that's like a 
a modern thing, and that's been talked about a lot, but we kind of wanted to do something like that. I don't know. Yeah. So, you know, we'll basically we're going to do whatever we want. Yeah, we will continue to do whatever we want, except for the listener requests, which yes. we clearly do not want no, to do. No, we definitely do not want to do those, but we will be, <laughs> and we'll be excited about it. Yeah, you think like you'd think we're that gonna like, bring our it. listeners would be on the same page as us as far as like our content goes, and then the listener requests come streaming in, and you're just like, do they even listen to this show? Yeah, I think some of them took it as a challenge to try and pick something that they knew we wouldn't be into. <laughs> <laughs> they're intentionally trolling us yeah uh, we're kidding those will be fun yeah um, it's gonna be good and those will be coming up like we said we're gonna take a, a week off and then we'll get to those and then you know it'll be it, it won't be a run of all this requests we're gonna still mix in our own stuff too but we gotta start checking a few of those off the list so we'll hit you with two right off the bat anything else Nope, I think we can uh, get out of this. All right, so follow the show on Twitter at Greatest Pod. Uh, hope you've enjoyed the greatest October in the history of forever, and have a happy Halloween, everybody. I don't know what happened to Antonio Bay tonight. Something came out of the fog and tried to destroy us. In one moment, it vanished. But if this has been anything but a nightmare, and if we don't wake up to find ourselves safe in our beds, it could come again. To the ships at sea who can hear my voice, look across the water into the darkness. Look for the fog. <laughs>